Mark chapter 10. I feel that God still has something special in store for us in this service today. Amen. That He's still pulling and tugging on the hearts of somebody. You already felt it during your time of worship. Amen. That little tug that God is, is pulling on you. And there's somebody that God is, is pulling on you to, to make that move up to an altar here today. And I, I believe that there is still a response left that God is looking for from somebody. That they would respond to the word today. And if you want to just turn to the book of Mark, chapter 10, we're going to begin in verse number 17. It says that when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, and he kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? What a great question to ask. And a great person to ask that question to is this man, this man who would be known as, uh, who is identified as the rich young ruler, came to Jesus asking this question, what, what should I do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. There is so much revelation packed into that. We're not going to get into it, but we could unpack just that statement alone about Jesus saying, why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that is God. Verse 19, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy mother and honor thy father and mother. And he answered and he said unto him, Master, I have, or all these have I observed from my youth. And then Jesus, beholding him, he loved him and he said, One thing thou lackest. Say that one thing. I think I had one person say one thing. Say that. One thing. One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Verse 21 is where I would like to draw our text today, is then Jesus Beholding him, loved him, and he said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Just for a few minutes here today, I just want to talk to you about the weight of one little thing. The weight of one little thing. Amen. Let's just, you can put your Bibles down. Let's just lift up our hands. I just want to pray one more time. This word today. In the precious name of Jesus, hallelujah, God. Lord, I pray that you would just move in our midst here today, Lord, that the working, the preparation that you've already done to prepare the soil, Lord, to make a fertile ground. Lord, I pray that there would be something, Lord, that you could pull on us. Lord, help us, Lord, to receive this word today. Lord, anoint my lips through, uh, Lord, to say, uh, Lord, any, anything that you have to say to these people here today. In Jesus' name, Lord, let us receive it. Let there be no hindrance. Let there be no distraction. Let there be nothing that would get in the way. 
the reception of your word in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God. You can be seated here this morning. This is a powerful story. To be honest with you, I can, I can see myself in several aspects of this man's life. I have in my lifetime been in seasons of my life where I thought that I did my best to please the Lord. And in one moment of communion with God, you begin to feel him deal with something. I've I've felt him deal with something in my heart that I didn't even realize was holding me back. Times that I I felt we were good, but then you you get down and, and, and on my knees in prayer and and then God begins to reveal things. And that's, that's what an altar really is all about. That's what prayer is all about. Is, is God, He will search the inward parts of us. He will come and, and, and there, He will reveal things to us. It's like the altar, the, or the, uh, the, the brazen laver that was in the tabernacle that was, uh, was had coated in, in mirrors, the, the inside of the bowl that held the water. It had mirrors there, and, and it was like a mirror that they would look into. They could see their reflection as they would cleanse themselves. And that's exactly what happens when we come into the presence of God. And, and we see, and He begins to reflect back to us some things in our hearts that we might not have even realized were there. But it was it's something that is holding us back in our relationship with Him. Something that... He desires from us. There's things that, that I didn't even realize at times that, uh, that when I get down in prayer, but God says, I, I desire this area of your life, just this one little thing. And, and it's not a sinful thing, but if you would just give that up, it's taking up too much of your time. It's taking up too much of your headspace. And I need you to give this up. Maybe it's just for a temporary moment and just a time, a short time. But God says, I need this little part of you because I want to go deeper. I want a relationship to go and and to grow stronger if you would just give up this one little thing. So I know that in this day and time that Jesus is often presented in a way of religion and not relationship. And maybe maybe those words, uh, maybe you do hear that, uh, the opposite, the people say, well, it's all about a relationship, but the reality is that the kind of Christ that's presented this day and age is that you can just go and do what you want. You can live however you want to live, and God, He just wants you to be happy, and they say, come on, it's just my, my relationship, just my walk with Jesus, He doesn't care, but the reality is, if it's a true relationship, then He can speak into your life, and He can ask you to give up things, and you willingly give them up, because you're in relationship. It's not just about religion. It's not just to say, yeah, I've got Jesus on my side. He loves me. He wants to be, me, me to be happy. No, I'm in relationship with him. And that means that I do things that make him happy because I love him. One, and he loves me and he blesses me. And there are things in my life that I give up that are not necessarily sinful. But there's one little thing. One, one little thing. And God is calling you today. Come on, would you give up? These one, these little things. 
Well, we very rarely ever hear anybody step up to the forefront and really preach this, this principle that Jesus is teaching us here that, and that it, it is, it really is possible. It really is possible to miss the will of God in your life over one little thing. I know it's not a popular message. But it's a message that needs to be heard. It's a message that needs to be preached from every mountaintop. Come on, because I believe that Jesus is coming. I believe that Jesus is coming. And it needs to echo through this place today that there is nothing in this world that is worth being lost over. There is absolutely nothing that you can hold on to in this world. Nothing in my life is worth holding on to if if it means that my life will not spend eternity with Him on the other side of glory. And I would do whatever I have to do to make sure that even if it is just one thing that needs fixed, God, fix it in me. Lord, reveal it to me so that I can fix it. God, reveal it to me. The weight of one little thing. Come on, if it means that it's holding me back from eternity, then I need to consider what does this one little thing, how much does it really mean to me? One little thing. Come on, you can have all this world. You can have all these things, but just give me Jesus. Come on, there's nothing in this world that is worth losing eternity over. There's nothing in this world that is worth holding on to if it means that I will not see Jesus when that trumpet sounds. Let's just talk about this man a little bit. Because I believe that this man who approached Jesus, in fact, it says he came running to Jesus. I believe that he was a good man. I believe that the Bible, it shows us this pretty clearly, that his temperament was revealed by the way that he addressed the Messiah. Verse 17, where when he comes to Jesus, he calls him good master. He says, good master. I believe that his his temperament, his his attitude is, is revealed in the way that he is addressing Jesus here. Good master. We know for certain that he must have been a man of great courage. Because for Jesus, I mean, this was, this was a rich, this is a rich young ruler. A man, this man that more than likely was in a class of people who, who they looked on the Lord's ministry, on Jesus' ministry with disdain. But this man, he didn't fall in line with the, the rest of his class. Well, I mean, this is, just think, Think, uh, you know, in, in, in our terms, in our day, uh, there are those that, that may be looked on with disdain for, uh, you know, by their peers. If they would fall down and worship Jesus Christ, but there are, but this man, it took courage for him, especially in his day. When, when his class, they looked on Jesus and they said, what a fool. But he came to Jesus, he says, good master. It took some courage for him to come to Jesus and to call him good. And we can certainly see, we can certainly see that this man had humility. He had great humility. Because when he came into the presence of Jesus, the scripture tells us that it came to him and he fell down at his feet. He knelt down at Jesus' feet. He got down in this posture of humility before the Lord. Understand, this is not, this is not a method by which a ruler would salute a peasant. And I know that, that we, it, it, 
doesn't sound right for me to call Jesus a peasant, but he did looked on as being looked on by this man and his class of people. Jesus was a nobody, but yet he came saluting Jesus in the way that the people would often salute him because he recognized that whatever authority I have, this man has more authority, greater authority than I have. He came with humility. He came and he bowed down. It took great courage, took great humility to come and to bow down at the feet of Jesus. And he called him good master. So he showed us that not only did he have great courage and that he had great temperament and great humility, but he showed us by his words and his actions that he was submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ, at which point this, this posture of, of submission to, uh, to the Messiah, Jesus, is uh, begins to tell him, uh, he begins to tell him that as, as he asked the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus uh, speaks to him on six different commandments. He doesn't pull out the first four of the Ten Commandments. The first four uh, ten of the Ten Commandments, all of those, they indicate um, our relationship, that the, the right relationship that should exist between man and God. That's what the first four commandments uh, are dealing with but jesus bypasses all of those as though uh, you have those things down right you're you're good you're you're good on all of these accounts this this relationship that you have with god and man you're okay with those so jesus he bypasses those he goes straight to this the last six and and he goes and he begins to tell him do not commit adultery do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor your father and your mother. These are the last six commandments. It's not, not talking to him about how to serve God, but rather he's talking to him about how do you serve man. And Jesus, it begins to pick away at the spirit of this man who came to him in humility, this man who came to him with courage, this man who submitted to him. And he begins to, 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 to uh, pick away at something and he's, he's, he's going, getting ready to drive, uh, drive at something in this man that's, uh, in him. He says, Jesus, I've been submitted to all those things. I've obeyed all of these things from my youth. But Jesus looks at him and he says, well, let's go just a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper. You, you have been good. You have, you have been right in your dealings with people. You have been right in your relationships. But there's still some things that are missing in your life. There's still something. There's still one little thing that I am asking of you. There's still one little thing that God is asking of you. And as the Lord begins to allude that it's probably not a problem that you have with God. Because I left those first four commandments alone. But it could be that it's this problem that you have with a brother or a, a problem that you have with a friend. Jesus is telling him there is nobody in this world that is worth being lost over. There is nobody in this world that is worth being lost over and then missing out on eternity. So one light after another, Jesus is... Is just, just flashing, you know, up on the, the hidden, the inner secret parts of this man's life. And he looks back in the face of Messiah. He says, I've done all these things. I've observed them from my youth. And the Lord, he begins looking at the spirit of this man. And he says, you know, it's possible to have the word of God written in your heart. But not, live, but not be living it out. See, it's possible 
today. It's still possible to have the Word of God written in your heart. This man, he, he knew the Word of God. He knew the commandments of God. But it's possible to have the Word of God memorized. It's possible to know the Word of God, but not to fully live it out. To not fully be submitted to the Word of God. Just because, just because you can quote it doesn't mean that you're submitted to it. Just because you read it each morning doesn't mean that you live it out that day. Understand that there are people that they can quote scripture like a theater actor. They can spit it out. It drips off their tongue like honey from a honeycomb. But there is something different from being able to quote the word of God and getting the word of God down in your spirits. I'm not just talking about getting it in my mind, but I want this in my heart. I want this to be part of my being, to be everything in me that I might not sin against God. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, because I think that we do need to memorize the word of God. I think that's a good thing, but I don't want to just memorize it. I want to walk in it. That's why Psalm says that it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because it's not just in my mind, but it's, it's illuminating the places that I need to walk. It's illuminating places in my mind, in my, in my heart that it's, it's showing me, okay, you're going down this path, you're going here and there, and it may not be illuminating everything down the, down the pathway, but at least right here, the Word of God is teaching me each day, Lord, I can set, can take a step here, I can take a step here, I'm following in the pathway of the Word of God, and it's down in my heart, it's not just coming out of my tongue. He said, I want to, I want the word to illuminate my mind, but I want it to illuminate my path. I want it to illuminate my steps. And so the Lord, he says, I, or so the man, he says to, to Jesus, says, I have observed this. I have done it. Well, this is something, though, that you cannot miss because Jesus, beholding him, it says that he loved him. He loved him. He says, you, when you look at your life and you and you're you're here with me and maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying thinking the same thing as this young man you're saying i've been doing pretty good my walk with god i've been doing really good and this is not to to bash anybody here this morning but perhaps there's something that god still wants to illuminate in your heart perhaps there's still something that god wants to illuminate in us and and we've read the word of god we've come on we've we've, we've uh, heard the words preached it but but there's something still that god is saying i love you enough to illuminate one more thing right here there's still one little thing that it has a whole lot of weight because if you don't get this one thing out of your way then you're going to miss out on eternity this one little thing one sometimes one little thing can have a whole lot of weight Sometimes it's just one little thing and perhaps it's a place of sin that you have been battling over and God says we need to take care of this once and for all. That one little sin that you've been holding on to that you just cannot seem to break free from. We need to get break free from that. We need freedom. We need complete a complete breaking of the bondage of sin on your life. Come on, it's done. It's done. It's over with. Let's get free from the bondage of sin once and for all so that we can have right relationship so that I, come on, can see you in eternity. That one little thing has a whole lot of weight when it keeps you from eternity with jesus christ that one little thing 
that one little thing that's holding you back. And well, maybe it's not a sin that you've been dealing with, but it's a weight. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us a little bit about weights and sins. It says in Hebrews 12, 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. There are some things that are sinful in our life, but then there are other things that they are just simply weights. I talked about a little bit, if you were in here, in our Sunday school, an adult Sunday school in here, that there are some things that they are not, they are not sinful, but they are weights, and, and God is, is calling us to say, go on, will you come to an altar and lay these weights down before me and give me your, the, these things in your life that are holding you back from a, from a perfect relationship, from this, this place where when I speak, you go, and not when I respond to you and, and, I, and I call you, that you, jump up out of your seat and you say God whatever you're asking I'm there come on maybe it's somebody that they need to hear a word from you and they they need a bible study and you're 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 held back because of the weights in your life and you can't respond to the need you can't respond to God as he's calling you because you have weights in your life well there are weights Perhaps that you have in your life, maybe, maybe it's the, the amount of time that you spend in front of a TV set. Maybe it's the weight of, of the conversations that you entertain yourself with. Maybe it's the weight. Maybe it's the weight of the guilt that you're holding on to. Maybe it's the weight one of, of, of the, the relationships that you have in your life. What are, I don't know what the weight is in your life, but there's, there are weights that are not necessarily sinful, but yet they take up so much of your time that you cannot hear the voice of God. And that one little thing, as he says here, one thing thou lackest. One thing thou lackest. Go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast, give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross, and follow me. Perhaps there are some who fit into the same category as this young man. That his weight was a pursuit of storing up treasures here on this earth. A weight of of making sure that I can get all the overtime that I can get. The way to make sure that, that as long as I can make money off of it, it doesn't matter how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and I'm going to store up some treasures here on this earth. Because I want my family to be blessed. I want us to live a life of leisure. And there is a weight to that. There's a weight that you don't even realize that, that, is, uh, that is connected to the pursuit of storing up treasures here on this earth. But I'm not so interested in storing up treasures here on this earth as I am in storing up treasures in heaven. And I want, come on, any kind of these weights. If there is any weight that is holding me back because of my pursuit of things on this earth, if it is getting in the way of me coming in, coming in contact with and the, the, the pull that God has on my life and the weight of, 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 of glory and the weight, come on, that, of what heaven is going to do. God, I want to lay aside every weight of, of my pursuits of this earth and earthly things. God, and to begin to pursue only the things, God, that you would put, set my eyes on. One thing, one thing thou lackest. One thing. Sell whatsoever you have. 
Give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. For this young man, it was a pursuit of the earthly treasures. But for you, maybe it's not a pursuit of the earthly treasures, but there's still one little thing. Await. Await that you have not let go of seeing things that God is, is calling on you, and, and, and it's only revealed in your time when you're sitting there at his feet. The weight is revealed to you when you are bowed down and submitted to Jesus and you begin to talk to him and he begins to reveal this one little thing that you lack. On what a shame it would be to miss out on the will of God because of one little thing. Sometimes the weight of one little thing is really heavy. This young man, it was a heavy thing to give up. At one little thing that he lacked was a complete submission to God and giving all that he had. And you might say, well, that seems like an awful lot to give up. It seems like an awful lot that Jesus would be asking. And maybe for you, it's, it, you're thinking the same thing. Well, Jesus, that's an awful lot for me to give up. And I need to have that leisure time. That's the only way for me to be able to, to, to function is to, to be able to sit back and to spend hours on this, this time of leisure. And what Jesus is saying, well, could you just shift that a little bit? God, it's, it's, it seems like a pretty heavy thing for you to ask of me to, to wake up an hour early, but you spent some time with him at his feet and he begins to reveal something in your heart about if you could just wake up an hour earlier, half hour earlier and spend some time with me in the morning. He begins to reveal this, oh, that, that seems so heavy. That seems like, like a hard thing for me to do. I don't know. Come on. But he begins to reveal these, these little things. He says, I, I just want to develop a relationship with you. The one little thing that you lack for you to truly be in my will, for you to truly go and, 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 and to, to uh, follow after the, what, I'm, what I'm calling you to and to go down the path that I want you to. Could you just lay aside this one little weight? What is the weight? What is the weight of that one little thing? What is the weight of that one little thing in your life? Is it too heavy for you to give up? Is it too heavy for you to, 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 to give up this, uh, this relationship? Is it too heavy for you to give up that pursuit of these carnal things? Is it too heavy for you to give up the weight of that one little thing that God begins to reveal to you in your time of prayer? Or will you respond to him and say, Lord, whatever you ask, God, I will do it. God, whatever you ask, God, I will do it. I'm coming to a close here, here quickly, but I want to go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Just real quickly. And I want to look through some of these. Some of these churches. These end time churches. They're writing this, this letter to here at the beginning. And he writes this letter. John the revelator. begins writing this letter here first to the church in Ephesus. And begins building them up. And, and, and talking to them about the great things that have been uh, happening there in their church. But then it says in verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou have, has left thy first love. You have so many great qualities about you. You, uh, you, have, you have so many things that you are doing well, but there is one thing that I have against you. You left your first love. Is there somebody, perhaps, that when you 
look at your life and you, you assess your life, you say, my zeal for God is not as strong as it was when I first came to him. I've become jaded. There's things in my life that are getting in the way. I have too many weights. On there's these, sometimes that one little thing becomes another little thing and another little thing and another little thing. And they begin to pile up. And, and after a while, you realize, I don't love God quite the way that I used to love God. I let, I let just, uh, you know, any, any little thing get in the way. And, 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 and almost anything can stop me from coming to church. Almost anything can stop me. You know, if, if, if one little thing comes up, I can put off that service. And I can say, you know what, I'll be there next time. It'll be all right. But then all of a sudden, something else comes up and we miss out. And something else comes up and we miss out. Maybe it's not your attendance at church, but it's your attendance at your home in prayer. Or attendance to the word. And we say, just this one little thing here, this one little thing here, and they begin to pile up. He says, you have left your first love. What is there somebody perhaps today that you look and say, Lord... Set a zeal in my heart. God set me on fire. Lord, the way that I was. Lord, when I first loved you, when I first fell in love. Come on, do you remember if you're married today, that first love that you had. And you thought that it was so good. But then it can get better and better and better over time. But let us not lose that zeal and that love for uh, for the one who came and died for us. He continues on. He's writing to these uh, to these churches in verse 14. He's writing here to the, to the church in Pergamos. And he says, I have a few things against you. I have, a, I have just a few things against you. Because thou hast there them that they hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel and to eat things, sacrifice to idols, to commit fornication. So thou also have them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. And, and we're not going to get into all that, what all that means. But just know that there are things that God is, is, is saying, well, you have, you've strayed from the true doctrine. You have strayed from this. You've allowed a false doctrine. You've allowed uh, things to get into your mind. You've allowed the things of the world to infiltrate your mind. And I, you, uh, I have these little things against you. Come on, don't let these little things stop you from making uh, an appearance in heaven. Don't let these little things stop you from, from making it into everlasting life with Jesus Christ. Come on, these little things. He says, I have just somewhat against you because you have people there that they have left the true doctrine of the apostles they have left it they've allowed the things of this world to get in the doctrine of the nicolaitans is this doctrine that uh that that, that means that um it doesn't matter how you live as long as you have confessed your love for God, as long as you uh, have committed to him that that then uh in your life you can go and you can live any sinful way that you want that was the doctrine of the nicolaitans that our actions don't matter well, that's, that's so true today. How many are, are, are living in that doctrine right now? That, you know, I love Jesus. He doesn't, he, his love is, is too far outstretching for me to, uh, you know, it, it'll reach me in, in my sinfulness. But Jesus is calling you in a relationship with him where you would lay aside those doctrines, where you would lay aside those things of the world and whatever they would tell you. And he says, go on, don't let these little things stop you from making it to heaven. Verse 20, writing here to the church of Thyatira, notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. Because thou sufferest 
the woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, so teach to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, to eat things, sacrifice to idols. He's he, here again. He says, you just have one, these, these little things, just a few little things. When there's some things maybe in your life right now that God has tried dealing with and you've, you said, oh, this is too much of a weight. I don't want to give this up. It's going to be too heavy. It'll be too hard for me to give that up. It'll be too hard for me to give up these things. And here's the thing about the man who came to Jesus, this rich, rich young ruler. Says that after Jesus told him one little thing that thou lackest, and he told him what it was, you need to sell everything that you have, go. And it says that he turned away sorrowful. He was grieved in his spirit because he had much possessions. And I always heard it, heard it preached and always believed that you know, this man was lost. This man, he, he, he couldn't give it up. But the reality is we don't truly know the end of his story. We don't, we don't really know what this grieving did. It says that he was grieved. That as Jesus began to reveal to him this one little thing that you lack, he was grieved in his spirit. Well, there needs to be some grieving in somebody's spirit today. But as God begins to reveal that one little thing in your life that's holding you back in the right relationship with him, that your spirit would be grieved to a point where you say, God, I, I see it now as well. God, I see it now as well that I, I do have something in me. And, and, and I always thought that I was, I always thought that we were doing well. I always thought that I was on, uh, that I was good with you. I always thought that I was following all the commandments. But now, as you reveal to me, as I'm sitting here at your feet, Lord, my spirit is grieved. My spirit is grieved. Come on. Could we stand in this place here today? God, God is coming right now and he wants to, he wants to reveal something to you. There's, there's some weights. There's some little things in our life that God is, is calling you and he's asking you, would you give this up? Would you give this up in order to be in my perfect will? Would you give this up? Would you give up that sin? Would you give up that weight? Would you give up that one little thing that you've been holding on to that I've been asking you to give up? Could I grieve your spirit just a little bit? Could I grieve it? I'm just going to end with the scripture here in Revelation chapter 3. The, the end, as he's addressing the, the last of the seven churches there in Revelation, he says in verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. I will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. It's knocking today. He's knocking today in somebody's heart. He's knocking right now. To him that I love, I rebuke and I chasten. He's saying, be zealous, repent. 
come to me. Let me reveal some things in your heart that are holding you back in your relationship with me. Come on, there's somebody right now. God is calling you to this altar. There's somebody right now. God is calling you to a place of repentance. There's Maybe in your life you're saying, God, I think everything's good. But when you begin to get in his presence, he says, come on, let me reveal something to you. There's still something there, just one little thing. One little thing there that's holding you back. There's one little thing that if you could just get rid of that, then we can go to another level. We can do something greater. I have great things in store for you. I have great things that we can do. But will you give up one little thing? Lord, what is the true weight of that one little thing? If it's holding you back from eternity, if it's holding you back from your from walking in the will of God, come on, it's not worth it. That weight, come on, let's just drop it. Let's get rid of it today. Well, can we find a place to pray here all over this place? Or maybe it's right there at your seat, or perhaps you want to come up to this altar here this morning, but find a place to pray. Come on, let God begin to reveal something to you today. Come on, there's little things all over this place that need to be given up. There's little things all over this house that if we could just truly search our hearts, God will reveal to us. Come on, could he grieve your spirit? Could he grieve your spirit today? Yes. Yeah.